Howdy, welcome back to Planet God. I'm Larry. I'm Emily. And today we are wearing the same colored shirt. We sure are. Wow. If you're listening to us, Emily and I have unexpectedly put on the same color. Yeah, it was not intentional. It was not. <laughs> We've been together for way too long. Nah. Nah. Had to be. <laughs> what are we doing today, though? So today is John chapter two, yep. um, which is day two of our Christmas challenge. Yep, we are reading the Gospel of John up until Christmas. You read a chapter a day, Monday through Friday, you'll finish on Christmas Day. So, without further ado, we're going to share our thoughts on chapter 2. You ready? I am. Let's get into it. So, uh, chapter 2 opens up with a wedding. Yes, the wedding in Cana. Um, Cana is like a city within Galilee, and one of the things uh, I wanted to point it out was some uh, historical context for this. So within a Jewish wedding, it would be great shame for the family hosting the wedding if they ran out of wine. Like this is like end of your social credit. Done. I mean, I want to say that nowadays people that go to a wedding would not like that either. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could agree. But the culture back then was very honor-shame culture. Right. And our culture is not really like that. No, in our culture, if, if a wedding runs out of, of drinks, they would just go to the party store, buy more, and continue. Right. Right. Back then, they didn't have that. You had to prepare. And it was actually the job of the groom to prepare and make sure everything was ready for the wedding day. Now, what's interesting reading through this, and this is just something that I want to point out from my past, my history, um, that Jesus's mother, her name is never mentioned. It's always Jesus's mother. And this is just what's, um, what is being pointed out here is that the focus is on Jesus, not who his mother is. Right. All too often, there are a lot of religion out there that put a lot of focus on Jesus' mother and kind of elevates her to this godlike status. That's not the case. We see that clearly in Scripture. She is the one who comes to present the problem to her son. Her name is never mentioned. And she is the one that walks away in faith that her son will do something to fix this issue. Yeah, I find it interesting because it not only is that with the mother of Jesus, but they also do that with like the apostles. And we see that even in biblical times, like with Corinthians, how they talked about following different leaders, yeah. you know, and basically God does not want us to do that. Right. We are supposed to follow Jesus. Yep. And that is the purpose um, of it all anyway. So, yeah. so one thing to note, too, is that this was the beginning of the signs for his miracles. Like this was the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Yes, and it was the very first one. And John doesn't focus a lot on miracles. He focuses on conversations. And so for John to record a miracle, it's, it's like this is an important thing. I think what's really cool with this miracle too is that Jesus uses um, the servants to fill those water pots. And so these servants were used in Jesus' miracle. Yeah, they were. And the water pots are another interesting aspect of it, because if you look at it, those water pots were used for ritual washing. So the cleansing of an outside, making you ritually pure, ritually clean. And one thing that is interesting about this is that Jesus takes something that was used to make someone ritually clean to 
show an inward change, right? He changes the inside of the jars, not the jars themselves, showing us that he can make the inside of a person clean. This reminded me of Isaiah 118, which reads, Come, let us consider our options, says the Lord. Though your sins have stained you like the color red, you can become white like snow. Though, you are, though they are as easy to see as the color scarlet, you can become white as wool. Right, Jesus here is showing that he can take something and change the inside of it with water and wine. The same thing goes with us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. He changes us from the inside out. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. After the wedding, then they go down to Capernaum. They do. Jesus, his mother, his brothers, his disciples. Again, no names are given because the focus is on Jesus. Also note that it's his brothers. In other words, Mary didn't stay a virgin, for those of you that might think that. She had other children with Joseph, so these would be Jesus' stepbrothers, right? Children through Mary and Joseph. And so, yeah, they go to Jerusalem for the Passover. Mm -hmm. And I think this is his first Passover in, I think so. in his ministry. Recorded in his ministry, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Because obviously he went to Passovers before that. He right. was growing up. Growing up, yeah. we have record from other gospel accounts of him going to Passover. Um, what's interesting here about this is that he goes and he clears out the temple courts. Do you remember what the temple courts were used for? Um, I believe that particular part was where the Gentiles were supposed to worship. Exactly. So here, instead of having a place for the Gentiles to come and worship, they set up a... a a bazaar, a store, if you will, for sacrifices. They turned a place that was meant for the worship of Gentiles into a marketplace of convenience. You know, right? Jesus isn't condemning the fact that um, people need to buy sacrifices. He's condemning the location of that marketplace. It should not be in the area that was meant for worship of the Gentiles. Yeah, and I love that... In 17, right, it talks about then his disciples remember that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up, right? They're remembering these things from the Old Testament. So, again, showing the relevance of the Old Testament. Yeah. I think that's so important. It is. Very important. And then when we see the Jewish leaders stepping into the scene and asking questions, they ask, what sign do you perform, right? They're only focused on the outward. What are you, what can you do for us type yeah. thing? How do you have the, the pur purpose for this? <clears throat> How do you have the power for this? All right? And then Jesus responds with a spiritual. Destroy this house in three days and I will raise it up. Their response back is to the physical. They're thinking, oh, it took us 46 years to build this. But as we see when reading this, the disciples remember that Jesus had said this after his death and resurrection. Right? Yeah, so I've, they recall that this, oh, this was supposed to be a spiritual conversation. Right, and I think it's interesting, right? Jesus, most of the time, does speak in the spiritual. Yeah. And 
our brains automatically always go to the physical or like the flesh. Right. Um, and how often do we do that still now, even when we read the word? Right. Right. We still look back to our physical selves a lot how of times. How can this change? How can right. this affect me outwardly instead of how it's going to affect me inwardly? Right. I mean, this really all boils back to that wedding at Cana, right? Jesus is changing from the inside out. Yeah, and I'm guilty of doing it too because I constantly, when I read, a lot of times I'm like um, thinking of my physical body, my physical self, instead of how the Lord's working, you know, with me intimately in my spirit. Right. So, and I think too that like our leaders um, nowadays in churches are a lot like this also. Yeah, they a lot, a lot of times focus on the physical outward appearance. Also How's the church to, look like on the outside? Right. Also seeking to fulfill their needs and their wants, their right. physical needs and their physical wants, yeah. instead of the spiritual aspect. Now we're getting to verses 23 to 25, so we're wrapping things up here. Yeah, this is a little shorter chapter. Um, yeah, it's much shorter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it talks about um, uh, Jesus being um, in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast. And he's talking about the hearts of the men. Yeah. So what's interesting is that the people back then, and even today we see, if you were to apply this today, they're looking for something sensational. They're looking for signs and wonders. What can you perform? What can you do for me? Right? Not... And that, how much is that now in the world today? Exactly. You know? Yeah. But we see, however, since Jesus is God, he knows their thoughts, he knows their minds, and he knows that um, they would really reject him, which is why he rejects them. Because he's, he's like, they want signs and wonders, and that's not what Jesus is after. He's after faith. And that's what we'll see as we continue on in the book of John. All these faith-building conversations. <clears throat> Jesus always makes sure that you have faith first, and then something happens. Yeah, it's really amazing. It is. It's really it's amazing to see, and I would just ask you to take a look at, at take this opportunity to inspect your own life. Are you following Jesus because you of something He can do for you, or are you following Him by faith? Do you have that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Because that's what he's after. He's after your faith, your heart in him. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up chapter two. That does wrap up chapter two. A little bit shorter. Um, we'll catch you tomorrow for chapter three. All right. See ya. Bye.